The Leafs sign veteran goaltender Martin Jones to a one-year deal. What does this tell us about how the Leafs are feeling about their goaltending situation? We'll get into all that and more on today's Locked On Leafs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the August 11th edition of the Locked On Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, and my co-host, Dave Morissuti. This episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of the Locked On Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. We got a busy day, Dave. There's uh, some lease news we got to get to with them. Uh, the ears were ringing apparently in uh, in Leafs front office as we were talking about this on Wednesday show. How the Maple Leafs need to go out and get themselves a third goaltender. They did just that. They went out and they got uh, Marty Jones, who I think is actually a pretty solid uh, number three goalie, probably even a little bit better than who we were talking about them potentially going after. So we'll talk about that. Um, also the Leafs signed their first round pick today to their, to his entry level contract and it's Friday. So we're doing fan Friday, Dave. We've got, uh, you know, a great guy coming on the show today. Blaine Hartley going to join us in a little bit and we'll, you know, see where his Leaf fandom comes from, get his thoughts on the off season and what he thinks uh, is going to come of this kind of new direction of the Maple Leafs. So we'll get into all that today on the show, but we got to start with the news of uh, of yesterday, and that was of uh, the Maple Leafs signing Martin Jones, a goaltender to add to the the roster and add to the depth after we heard what happened with Matt Murray and him landing on LTIR. They needed somebody, so they go out and they get this cat, Marty Jones, one year, $875,000 uh, AAV. Your thoughts, Dave? And I just want to know, Cat Friendly, as we're talking about this, just tweeted out that of this contract, $100,000 was made in a signing bonus. So like, it's actually pretty interesting that I, I've never seen like a, a contract kind of doled like that where you get 100000 in a signing bonus, whether you make the team or not. That's that's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, as you, as you see on the graphic here, this is somebody who brings a lot of experience. I The reason why I like... When when I back when you weren't here and I discussed the whole Brian Elliott rumors, I did touch on Martin Jones' name a little bit. Part of the reason why I never thought Martin Jones would be an option for the Leafs is just because I thought if a team looking for a proper backup would be looking for Martin Jones, because yeah, he, his numbers aren't earth shattering. And last year, if you look at his numbers with the Kraken, they weren't great. But there was a stretch of time where he was pretty good with the Kraken and. They still were winning games too, which is what you expect from your backup. So that was kind of a twofold where I didn't think the Leafs, like he, it makes sense for the Leafs to go after Martin Jones just because like I thought Martin Jones would want something with a little more, uh, maybe a little more of an idea of what his playing time and what his role is going to be. I think with the Leafs, it's pretty clear that he's coming in as the third goalie kind of competition with Joseph Wall, but thought maybe he would try to find a team that maybe the competition wasn't going to be there or, you know, maybe there was a clear path for him to be a backup full time. 
Yeah, like I, I, I share the same sentiment, and I think he did too. But at this point in the offseason, I'm guessing that no one, you know, backed up the Brinks truck and was willing to give him, you know, a, a number two role specifically. Probably at this point in the offseason, wherever he's going, it was going to be as a PTO or, you know, somewhere to compete for a backup role. And I'll be curious to see if he is given a chance to compete. I mean, I, I think we've all pretty much penciled in Samsov as the one and Wall as the two. Um, so Martin Jones right now would be like the third goaltender on the depth chart, but you know, you know, Joseph Wall is still very unproven, right? Like he's a guy who's got less than a dozen games of NHL experience, right? So you never know what could end up happening. Remember Garrett Sparks was very much uh, a guy that a lot of people liked and, and thought he was going to be, you know, the next big thing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He was excellent in the American League and then just couldn't really get it going in the NHL, not to say that Joseph Wall is going to do the exact same thing. I'm just, you know, it doesn't mean just because he has a successful, um, you know, junior career and then has a successful uh, career in the minors that it's going to translate hundred percent of the time. And if not, you know, Martin Jones is capable of being a backup and capable of playing a lot of games too, right? Like if this does become, you know, a 60, 40 split, Marty Jones could come up and play some games. Like you said, last year, he played 42 games for the Seattle Kraken and actually had a winning record, which is kind of, you know, surprising when you think about a, you know, a goalie that didn't play that well. He was, he had a 299 goals against with an 866 save percentage. Somehow he was 27, 13 and three. Like the guy did win a lot of games for the uh, the Seattle Kraken. And to your point, I, I did notice, I went and I looked at his game logs just to see, okay, did he have some stretches where he was really good? The month of January, he was 92 with a 912 save percentage. In the playoffs, I think he, he put together a decent uh, a decent record with some, um, you know, with some play there. And the first 15 games of the season, he had a winning record with a 913 save percentage as well like we're talking about the guy who in the past has been a number one you know his time in san jose i think uh he had two top seven finishes in vesna voting in 15 16 and 16 17 very far away obviously we're not expecting that type of goaltending at this point from martin jones but for a guy to come in as your your third goalie who has this much experience um i think is is a really good signing for the maple Leafs and from brad you living yeah, I, I think it was, you know, I think the lessons we learned from last year too, right? We talked about the reason why they need to add a third goalie to avoid those situations. And a lot, and you look at the teams, a lot of teams in the NHL right now, you need three, Vegas's case, you need five goaltenders to get through a season. So I, I think it's heads up thinking. I'm sure a lot of people were surprised that it was, at, it ended up being Martin Jones. And I think, you know, you just look at the lot of who's available. He's technically the best available of that group. Still not, he's not old, right? He's not over the hill in a lot of ways. Like some of the other guys who are, you know, Brian Alley, what, 39? Like he's, he's up there in age, right? You, it, it, this, this makes a lot more sense if you feel like you need someone that's going to be here. And look, he might not even be needed. And you put him on waivers. And I mean, you don't want to have to lose it, lose your, yeah, you hope where it snakes through, right? Yeah, and hope he sneaks through. There aren't many teams, I think, that unless they get into injury issues, they're going to be looking for a goaltender like backup, a backup goaltender like Martin Jones. We, I know, the least have seen in the past were like a Curtis Macklin. He gets picked up, picked up on waivers. It's kind of rare to see these guys get picked up too often, just because 
But I mean, with Martin Jones' well, experience, he might take a flyer for sure. Well, if that was the case, he probably would have signed there by now, right? Like you would think that if there was an NHL job up for grabs that a team felt he could come in and solidify the backup role, they probably would have signed him by now and Toronto wouldn't have been able to swoop in and say, hey, we're going to give you the number three spot. That would have been kind of you know silly for him to to do that, I guess. It's not like he needs to rehabilitate his, his image or anything. He just kind of is what he is at this point. Um, so yeah, like I, I, unless an injury does occur to your point, um, you know, he's a guy who you should feel comfortable. Um, he should slide through and, and he's, you know, he's not young by any means. So no one's going to look at him and say, Hey, he could turn into something a la, you know, what we saw happen with, you know, Garrett Sparks and, and other guys who have been claimed off of waivers, um, you know, in, in, in the past, uh, Calvin Pickard was a guy who they got the, was claimed off waivers off the Maple Leafs once upon a time. But yeah, so we'll see what uh, what ends up, uh, what comes of this. But what this does also signal to me, Dave, and, and I don't know, maybe you, you feel differently about this, um, but this certainly 100% tells me that they know Matt Murray out for the season. Like he's, he's LTIR, and now it's like not even a question. He's, he's completely sent out to Robita Island. There's not even going to be you know, any sort of – you know, mid-season check-in, check-up to see what's up. No, this guy's done. He's never going to suit up again for the Maple Leafs ever again. Yeah, there's a better chance they could try to trade him, if anything. Like, I, I don't see Matt Murray ever being around. Like, when they made that announcement, I said, like, they want him gone and out of the picture. And yeah. that's kind of where, where I think it's all going to lead. Without them saying it, they're pretty much saying it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, we'll take a quick break and we get back uh, Easton Cow inside his ELC. So we'll chat about that and a change of plans in the preseason schedule for the Maple Leafs. We'll tell you about that. And we got Fan Friday coming up today as well. So in a little bit, Blaine Hartley going to join us to chat all things Leafs. Uh, before we get into any of that, though, I got to tell you about one of today's show sponsors. Then, of course, it's our good friends over at FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you a chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every single victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. We are your hosts here at Locked On Leafs, a daily Maple Leafs centric podcast. Down to three days a week for the remainder of the offseason, but in about uh, six weeks or so, we'll be back to, to daily five-day-week coverage in which you can find us wherever you get your audio podcast from, also up on YouTube for the video version as well. Uh, so we'll get to Fan Friday uh, in, in a few moments, but before we get into any of that, Dave, uh, Easton Cowan, the Leafs' number one draft pick this year in the first round, which a lot of people, you know, kind of scratched their heads at when he was selected 28th overall, wasn't anticipated to be a first-round pick. Um, he has signed his entry-level deal with the Maple Leafs. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't, again, another contract I wasn't expecting to see signed. Uh, we, we already know that Easton Cowan's going to be with the with the OHL next year. Yes. I mean, if he's if the if he's not in the NHL, 
He only has one other destination he can go to, and that's the OHL. So, yeah, I mean, now it's it's kind of kind of brings into the fold of now the pressure is going to be on the spotlight's going to be on him a lot more. Yeah, he'll be away from the team, but we know that as a draft pick or as a prospect of the Leafs, there's going to be a few more eyes on you now that you know you're drafted. And I, I'm curious, like now I'll be watching a lot of London Knights games that I was not watching in the past, and I'm very very curious to see how he takes you know, the added pressure of being a first round pick, you know, to him as he goes and, and with a really good London Knights team, like this is a team that is trying to get back to being that powerhouse of the OHL after the last few years, they've kind of, they've been in the picture, but they're not like the, you know, London Knights that we've cut become to know. Yeah. Like, you know, when Kachuk and Marner were, were, you know, doing things, Corey Perry, Patrick Kane, like they've had a number of years. Oh, yeah. That's like the OHL cycle though. Like every four years you become a juggernaut and then you kind of take a couple more years to retool and then you're right back at it again. So yeah, hopefully he can play some real meaningful games this year. And remember, like for those who forget, what Easton Callum is all about. Like he broke out in the playoffs. His playoff performance is what rocketed him up the Maple Leafs draft board rankings, right? Like he only had 20 goals through the regular season, in like 60 something games. I say only 20. It's still a decent number for, you know, a 17 year old kid. But then he went out and he had nine goals through 20 games as a point per game player in the playoffs. And I remember speaking with uh, Carlo Koliakovo, who does the coverage for TSN hockey. And he said to me, you know, he really was impressed by, you know, him in the in the in the final, the OHL final. So that Easton Callum was the best player on the team in in that round. So in that series, so you know, he's a guy who really got going late, turned it on late, and uh, hopefully he can parlay that into another really good uh, draft plus one season. Um, and hopefully, to your point, yeah, the, the fact that now. All the eyeballs are on him and, and that he's got the money, he's got a contract. Hopefully that doesn't kind of get to his head at all and uh, he can just continue to develop and progress. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure a lot of a lot of Leaf fans will be um, watching more London Knights hockey uh, throughout the season, I would imagine. Uh, really quickly, too, before we get to our Fan Friday segment, uh, a change of schedule for the Maple Leafs in the preseason. Uh, not sure if anyone saw this news here, but the Leafs and Red Wings uh, were scheduled to play a game on October 6th. Uh, that is now being changed to October 5th, and it's just a straight swap with Drake, the sixth god. I guess he's got a show there on the seventh, and he's like, Want to just do a swap here? I can come in, get the fifth or the sixth and the seventh, and pop off instead of having to stick around for an extra day. And the Leafs oblige so. Now the the game, if you planned on going on October sixth, which was a Friday, it's now on October fifth, which is a uh, a Thursday. So a little thirsty Thursday, Leafs Wings preseason action. Which hey, maybe Easton Cowan will be in that game, right? Typically, uh, they get I don't know how game. many preseason games you've been to, Mike, but usually the last home preseason game. If I'm going to recommend anyone go to a preseason game. That's the one. Go to the last home game of the preseason schedule. That's usually when they put the NHL guys out there. And tickets will be affordable as yes. well. Yes, they will be affordable for sure. Um, yeah, the first game is September 24th. That is in Ottawa. Then the first home game is on the 25th the next day uh, in Toronto at Scotiabank. And they got uh, a game against Buffalo game against two against no three against Montreal 
And then they got two against Detroit to uh, to end it. What's that? Eight games? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight preseason games for the Maple Leafs this year. That is there's too many. Like, why? You don't need to play eight games. Get yourself four or five games. And hey, let's get this season started. That is a crazy amount of preseason games. But anyway, uh, yeah, well, the, the, the second last one. Uh, which is the final home game for the Leafs in the preseason change from October 6th to the 5th. All right, buddy, let's uh, let's break. When we come back, we'll be joined by one of our fans of the show and a fan of the Maple Leafs. Blaine Hartley will join us for Fan Friday. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. More coming up next on the Lockdown Leafs podcast. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with my co-host Dave Morsuti. And it's Friday, which means it's Fan Friday. And we are excited to bring uh, one of the fans onto the show. And it's Blaine Hartley from Sarnia, Ontario. Blaine, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Just happy to have two guys like you to uh, provide a lot of Leaf content in the dead days of summer. Um, one of you is giving a little more than the other one. We don't have to get into the uh, cruise ship talk, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, I got you. Got to really give it the hard work when you're gone, right? You're you're dripping, drinking uh, my ties, and he's in here looking for guys like for me from Sarnia. I mean, nah, that's digging. <laughs> yes, Dave. We all appreciate the work that Dave did while I was away to keep this thing afloat, so that when we come back, uh, it was still a well-oiled machine. So we will definitely give our props to to Dave there. Uh, so Blaine, um, you know, I'm excited to get you on. We're excited about these Fan Friday segments and and i'm always you know curious to see you know how you know people became you know the fans that 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 they are so like you've been a, a leaf fan how long have you been a leaf fan and, and kind of how did you become one was it a you know I, down through generations or what yeah yeah just like a lot of curses can be right uh but uh no i, I i'm 36 years old as long as i've been conscious of uh you know this planet i've been a leaf fan my grandfather put me in front of a tv and he said, uh, you know, you're a Leaf fan. That's all there is to it. And, uh, you know, growing up, I remember watching games with him and, and seeing him yell at the TV. And I didn't get it then. And I'm going, you know, Mom, he says he's a fan, but all he does is complain. <laughs> and, you know, that might be a dumbed-down version of, of, of most of our, our fandom, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I joke. I, I, I got an Uncle Chris who I always kind of – referred to he's one of those old school fans and man this guy you would never think he's a fan because he just sits there and curses and, and hates everyone but uh, he's just a diehard Leafs fan and well, there's it, a lot of guys like that a lot of uh I see on Twitter the big joke is old man yells at cloud yeah uh the funny thing is you start out as a young one and all of a sudden you're like you know am I that old man now yeah yeah no we're, we're all getting there that's for sure so you grew up, so 36, so you would have grown up through the 2000s, late 90s, where the team was pretty good at that point during your, your childhood. Um, you know, so so who, what are some of your favorite memories and, you know, favorite players from that time? You know, I, I do still have memories of, of, of the 90s too, right? And uh, I was kind of laughing at myself earlier thinking about this. And the Gilmore wraparound is one that every Leaf fan will remember or, or they've seen if they weren't alive for that point. And, and it's funny when you have to reach back really far for big memories like that. I seen that the original Jurassic Park came out that year. So, you know, that kind of goes to show you about how, like, the pain with being a, a Leaf fan at times, right? And and with a lot of it, 
our team it can be defined more in big losses sometimes than big wins because in our livelihoods, mine, I guess, and yours, obviously both, they haven't won the cup. You know, there's never been the Raymond Bork, come get your cup, or your Steve Eiserman, come get your cup. It's, it, it's, and I think that's what, you know, to be a Leaf fan, what it's about is, is, is that the other fans hate our franchise because to us, it's like we're the heavyweight boxer that keeps getting knocked down and, and everyone else is going, stay down. And we just keep coming back for more, you know? Well, and, and that's what always makes, like, I know so many people that say, how can you continue to cheer and support this team? It's just like, well, what, like it, it's it kind of in, ingrained in the DNA of this, of this fan base. They've taken all the punishment and I, I hear it all the time. Ah, I can't do it anymore with this team. I can't do it anymore with this team. Then come October, they're right back. I see those same people. They're up there on social media. Or they're up there asking me about the Leafs. And I'm like, one time my cousin did that to me. And I was like, I thought you were done. I'm not talking to you about the Leafs. You said you were done. Yo, you're, we're all done in the moment. You know what? To be fair, I've never said that. And I'm not knocking anyone that does. It's an emotional thing to watch sports, especially if you can watch 70 to 82 games a year, plus hopefully, you know, more than one round. The dedication of that, and then when you – and you got to remember, hockey's supposed to be fun to watch too, right? And for me, the memories, a lot of them that I have, obviously you talk about the 2000s and whatnot, like, it, you know, having a team to beat the Sens that many times. And those those rosters, in my opinion, where they were they iced better teams than we did. And it was a different era where you could clutch and grab a bit more. And when playoffs came, well, well, the whistles went away too. And, you know, just being a Leaf fan too, part of the memories is – cracking a couple beers and, and, and watching the game with your friends, right? Yeah. And we all can talk about it. And we're all – anyone that has that's a Leafs fan has to be a hockey fan too because there has to be more than just the blue and white for you to stick around, right? You still want to watch the game. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We're chatting with Blaine Hartley, our Fan Friday uh, person today. So let's kind of fast forward to what we got cooking right now, right? The Maple Leafs, they, they finally won a round. I mean, like, what was your experience like when you saw John Tavares score that overtime winner? And, and you know, for the first time in nearly 20 years, you saw the Leafs uh, get into the second round. You know, even just you saying that right now, I, I get goosebumps. And that's as sad as it is for us is, is one round will give me goosebumps, you know? And to me – I thought we got outplayed by Tampa for the most part. I was there game one. Like, I'm a season ticket holder. I, I've got a package. And, uh, you know, you go to that arena and you, and you see the towels going and it's the stuff dreams are made of. Well, you know what? Your dream can be a nightmare pretty quick. Uh, that was a, a rough game one. But, you know what? They they toughed it out. It was It's funny, too. It, what, what a greasy goal it was to go in. Yeah. And, a lot of them were. It was the seeing eye shots, you know, tricklers, like guys getting in the right spot at the right time. And then as soon as Florida happened, it it just, I don't know. If, if it was just the elation, the, you think that maybe they're going to be able to push farther and then it doesn't happen. And uh, it was left with disappointment, obviously. But, you know, a lot of times we take this stuff personally. And we often remember, too, like it's not us on the ice. As much as I'm mad about the whole thing, like it's it, the outcome isn't controlled by me. But, you know, damn if I won't watch every single game. And, and that's the thing, right? You know, a lot of – it gets it gets easy to kind of misplace where the blame should go in a lot of those cases. But what, what was your sentiment about all that and how the fans were kind of complaining about the refs during the series and how the team actually played? 
I mean, there's there's calls that could have went either way. Uh, like, I don't want to be that guy because it's the old adage of, well, here comes the Leaf fans complaining about the referees again. And not like it, that their opinion matters to me, but I do think that when you look at the statistics of the Panthers, they were averaging, well, well over an extra penalty per game before that round, and it went right back to where it was before after it. Uh, some of the plays, obviously, the Nyes one, I mean, you're looking at the bunting, the cross check, but ultimately the lack of penalties or, or penalties wasn't what lost them. This like, if your big guns don't show up, you're not going to win. And, and a lot of Florida's didn't either, but then it comes down to having a hot goaltender. And at that point we had our third string in, no one expected Joseph wall to be stepping in at that point to become someone we relied on. Yeah, no, I, that that's for sure. I mean, I remember saying right at the beginning, you know, if, if this team needs Joseph Wall in the playoffs, uh, that means that something bad has happened. And, I mean, it got to a point where they needed him. And he was, you know, he was fine. He was good. And, and now it looks like he's going to be given an opportunity to be a full-time NHLer and, and be the backup I mean, to number two. But, you know, not, we'll see what ends up happening. I say not to move too forward here, but, I mean, is he? <laughs> we just seen the signing the other day. And the thing about when new GMs come in with someone like Brad Tree living, uh, he has no like allegiance to, he didn't draft Joe Wall. He's, he hasn't no. watched him develop. So for, I mean, not to go into the next part with what players we have, but he was came out and already quoted and saying that these guys start out fine, some of the young goalies, and then they aren't. So for him, when you sign a goalie like Martin Jones, like I, I, I'm not sure what we'll see here. I, obviously you can speculate all you want, but, I'm sure Joe Wall, he thought he was going to be walking into a, a backup position. Well, well, now he's got to be thinking, well, what, what's going on? If he even knows, because I get all social media. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's he's uh, he's aware of what's going on there. <laughs> I, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier on this podcast. So when when you go and you listen back, you'll you'll hear our thoughts. But essentially, yeah, I think Martin Jones, like that signing, is is in a way competition to keep Wall on his toes. I think right now you would pencil them as you know, one, two, three, Sam Southwall yep. and Martin Jones. But, you know, to your point, the guy's got like less than a dozen games of NHL experience. And I brought up Garrett Sparks as an example of someone who has a, a great minor league career, but then just never got it done. And he faltered once he got up to the NHL level. And you wished you had somebody in behind him. Well, now the Maple Leafs do and Martin Jones, where if, you know, one of those guys falter, you got someone with NHL experience. So, yeah, I mean, Marty Jones, I, I think it was a, a shrewd signing, whether or not, he plays many games for the big club or he just, you know, is kind of one of those tweener guys, insurance, whatever you want to say. Um, I the least would prefer that a younger player like Joseph Wall, you know, can play 25, 30 games and, and you know, win a good portion of them. But we'll see what ends up happening there. I do I, want to get I, your thoughts. Go ahead. Sorry, just to add on that, because when it comes to Martin Jones, like he had 27 wins last year. And I, like to me, that's not insignificant. Uh, and for me also with him, I don't know if he has the style to play with the team. Anyone that's watched him play, like he's almost like the old Francois Lair trained big blocking style, like, massive rebounds. Our decor is not known to be able to push people out of the paint. So I, I don't know how that would work if he does end up becoming it. But I mean, he's going to have a chance to play in the preseason ever. Like, you know, and also, I mean, we, we know that tree living's not done because look at how much money we still have to clear even with that signing. No one had Martin Jones on the, brad tree living bingo board did they like no no definitely didn't but you you know you, you brought up the blue line and you brought up you know the the future and, and what might 
becoming of the Maple Leafs still in the next couple of weeks before we get to camp. What have you made of the direction of this team uh, over the course of the offseason? Letting go of Kyle Dubas, bringing in Brad Trilliving, the signings that he made, the ones he neglected to make. Like, what have you made of the 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 Maple Leafs since, uh, you know, the offseason started? I mean, the ones that he neglected to make were almost neglected us. And so I feel like the ones that, like, I wouldn't have given Luke Shen the money that he got in Nashville. Even some of the extra term that O'Reilly got, I wouldn't be too comfortable giving either. Uh, but they didn't want, well, I know that O'Reilly didn't want to be here, like because of the pressure of the, so they say, whatever that's, we'll leave it at that. And thanks for being here. Um, with Kyle Dubas, that was just a mess at the end anyway. And, and I don't know, I'm sure at some point someone will write a book and we'll all find out the truth of what happened to it. But what we're left with today is Brad tree living is here now and we can only move forward. Right. I don't hate the guy. Uh, people will call him a liar, blah, blah. Like it's, he's a grown man with a family. He was the general manager of an NHL hockey team, and, and now he's a general manager somewhere else. So, you know, good luck, Kyle. We're, Brad Treeling runs the team now. Um, for the the signings, you know, it's funny with him. He, he said, you know, we're going to bring some more snod into the lineup. Uh, you know, what a disgusting way to start your tender. But, uh, you know, a guy like Bertuzzi, for instance, that's someone who has penciled into a lot of trade boards over the years. Uh, health. Uh, his he didn't want to get the vac, so he couldn't come over here. Uh, th- that wasn't going to happen then, right? Um, he's definitely an upgrade on bunting, in my opinion. Um, yeah. He yeah. creates space. He he's willing to go into the paint. Um, and with, yeah, sorry. How about how about the blue line though? You know, we look at the blue line. The only addition made was Klingberg. Other than that, there hasn't been anything else done there. Are you? Are you? Do you think this is it, or do you are you seeing something big going on that I, might be? I don't know how big it will be, but I know it's not it yet. I mean, with the blue line, like I was going to say, like a for a Kyle Kling, or sorry, Carl Klingberg thing. Uh, Ray Ferraro said in his first game, the coach told him, "You're a threat at both ends of the ice," and I think that describes him. And uh, you know, he's a human turnstile in a lot of ways. Like he got burned a ton playing in Anaheim, mind you, as well. But like even when you look at our blue line now, like who do you put him with? It's not like we only have one defensive defenseman. It's Brody. It just, you, like, you know what I mean? Do you put him with him? Like, it, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm with you. Like, I, I've, you know, very lukewarm on that one. Like, I'm a little cold on that signing. The Reeves signing as well. I was, you know, yeah. quite cold on, on, on that one. Uh, well, lastly, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll end it with this. You know, obviously going into the, the season, I got to get a prediction from you. How do you think things play out for the Maple Leafs? Well, uh, I noticed, I mean, look, how many times are we all going to say it? Is, well, Boston will take a step back. But, well, I mean, if you don't have, if your first line center is Paul Zaka, like, is it so wrong to say it now finally? Can we finally be right to say it? You would think. You would so, think. But I said that last year, and they right. went on to have the greatest season of all time. <laughs> you know what? They did. And, we, and, and you know, in true Bruins fashion, they, they shut a lot of Leaf fans up, though, didn't they? Oh, yeah. They certainly oh, yeah. did. So I think that uh, the division, I really believe in this division. I think it's one of the toughest divisions right now in hockey. Uh, Buffalo is a team I really like. They got the two big stud horses on the back end, and they got two – they basically have two first-line centermen that have size. Um, Ottawa's coming up. Detroit's made some nice marginal moves to move up too. I think the Leafs will be first or second in the division still, though. I mean, they still have great talent. Um, if I was to make a Stanley Cup prediction, I'm going to go with Carolina like I do like every year. But 
Um, <laughs> maybe I'll be right. I mean, I'd rather the Leafs went like, but it's, it's hard to imagine with the current makeup, especially we're unaware of what Willie's going to do, what they're going to do with that. I, I mean, I, I think that they're going to walk him to the end of uh, UFA next year. But, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of questions still. And I guess that's what makes summer still fun. It, there's, there's nothing happening at all. And we're all still on our edge of our seat saying, what next, Brad Tree Living? What's going on next? Yeah, so we'll we'll see what, what happens next, right? We weren't expecting that sign to come down yesterday. And even with uh, the signing of, of uh, Easton Cowan, I'm sure over the next six weeks we'll see some PTOs and maybe another signing at some point. Yep. Or again, that big trade that, uh, you know, that might be in the works at some point to, you know, help beef up that blue line. But we'll see. Uh, Blaine, really appreciate taking the time to uh, to join us. It was fun. Thanks a lot, boys. Uh, you know, I want to thank the storm of uh, Sarnia, Ontario as well for uh, partially ruining that. And uh, But, yeah, boys, good catching up with you, and uh, I'll keep listening, and you're, you guys are doing a great job. So Keep safe, man. You appreciate it, buddy. Take care. Yep. All right, good stuff. That was Blaine Hartley of Sarnia, Ontario, Locked On Leafs fan and uh, big-time Maple Leafs fan. Pretty cool. Said he's got season tickets too, so. Yeah. I wish. I wish I had season tickets to to, to the Maple Leafs. Uh, but, no, we appreciate Blaine for, for coming on, sharing some of his thoughts and, uh, you know, his fandom with us. Uh, and if you want to participate, be uh, part of our Fan Friday segments going forward, make sure you reach out to one of us uh, on social media and, and, you know, hopefully we can make it happen. I know I've had a, a couple of people reach out to me uh, on, on Instagram and on Twitter. Or you can even let us know in the comment section down below on YouTube as well. If you reach out to me at Mickey underscore Canuck, reach out to Dave at D underscore Morissuti. That does it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Uh, again, follow us on our social medias and uh, you can follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. Throw a DM to Locked On Leafs if you want to join as well. Uh, leave a comment down below on YouTube. And uh, we'll be back with another episode for you guys on Monday. Enjoy the weekend. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.